This is The Podlight, a podcast by San Jose Spotlight dedicated to independent political and business reporting. I'm your host, Editor Nick Preciado. Folks familiar with the Diridon Station area in downtown San Jose might not recognize it in a decade's time. That's when Google's massive campus known as Downtown West is expected to be complete. The project, first proposed in 2019, will span 80 acres and feature 7.3 million square feet of office space, 4,000 residences, 15 acres of parks, and a 30,000 to 50,000 square foot community center. On top of that, about 500,000 square feet are set to be dedicated for retail, cultural, education, and art uses. About a quarter of the project's housing units will be affordable. Prior to the project's approval in 2021, Downtown West faced concerns about gentrification and high rents in the area. In response, Google started a $200 million community benefits fund to provide grants for programs serving low-income residents, addressing the causes of displacement, and helping to preserve affordable housing in the area. Here to talk with me about where the project is at is Nancy Klein, Director of San Jose's Office of Economic Development and Cultural Affairs. She holds a master's degree in public administration from San Jose State University and was named a woman of influence by the Silicon Valley Business Journal. Nancy was the lead negotiator of the Google Project Development Agreement and also serves as the city's principal representative to Shark Sports and Entertainment. Welcome to the show, Nancy. Very good to be here. Thank you very, very much for bringing up this topic. Of course. I'm just glad I could get you on the show. And, and just so listeners know, too, I also tried for council member Dev Davis as well as a Google representative. Uh, they could not make the show today. So, Nancy, let's get right into it. Um, first question is just where is the, in the development process is Downtown West and when can we expect the project to break ground? Very exciting that there is work going on right now for phase one of the development. S- nailed down specific times we don't have quite yet. But what you will find is that it's what is so exciting is that there was no putting this project on hold. We did so much work as a community and with Google as a great partner. We didn't do it all to put it on a shelf. And that happens sometimes, Uh, especially with the pandemic. It it could have happened, but Google is moving forward. um, And the work that goes for any project, uh, once you achieve an entitlement to go beyond to, to how it works in infrastructure, how it works in the buildings, has all begun in earnest. Um, which is very exciting for the community. So the first thing that we'll see, uh, I I believe, sometime in the fall or the winter, will be work to to facilitate the infrastructure permits so that the the city will be reviewing those permits and beginning the work. Because um, another exciting thing that you might remember from the entitlement is the opportunity to knit the project together in a very environmentally responsible way. And a lot of that speaks to how systems and infrastructure speak to one another. So that's an an important set of work which is being done now. There's been a lot of attention in recent years on U.S. cities trying to lure major tech companies into their backyards and reap the economic benefits that those companies can bring to the area. How did this come about with San Jose and Google? How did the city end up landing a major deal with this tech titan? And what a great tech titan to have in San Jose. We're very, very grateful. So there's a few good things um, to mention that are, that are very key. It's a great question. Deardon Station and the Deardon Station area plan, we already have a tremendous amount of train trips 
in Dyrdon. And just by completing the electrification of Caltrain, which is supposed to happen in the spring of 2023, adds a great number of trips more. So those connections um, are, are very important and will facilitate a bunch more ridership. Google currently has a very large fleet of buses uh, that people have all seen or heard about on the roads. And Google would like to not be in the bus business um, and or to diminish being in the bus business. So having such a proximate site, literally walking onto their site from the transit is a tremendous asset. So employees and visitors do not need to spend an hour or whatever each way to get to the campus. They can be on transit, they can take a nap, they can do the work, they can complete a couple calls, uh, much more productive, uh, much more uh, uh, enjoyable time, uh, less stressful time. So the location itself being so proximate to Deardon, very important. Also, Google sees that San Jose is a real city and that we have a classy uh, university, San Jose State University. Already quite a number of their employees come from San Jose State and the opportunities to partner. And then not only with San Jose State, but Santa Clara University, the educational connections are very good. And the amenities, the culture that is in downtown with the museums and the public spaces that Google is very interested in activating um, and having as um, authentic spaces for people to meet people of all different types of people is, is very appealing to them. They want, they, they are evolving in their own workspaces and San Jose very, very much fits in with what they want to be. And, and Mayor Licardo has spoken on this. It was really important. And from the beginning, Mayor Licardo was clear that the city would not incentivize, would not, as others, as you mentioned, other tech titans expect hundreds of millions of dollars to flow from the city. That was not what San Jose was going to do. And to their credit, from the very, very beginning, Google said, absolutely, we are not asking for money from you. So this is how the partnership began. I see. Thank you for that. Now, the San Jose Sharks, Shark Sports and Entertainment SAP Center, the management raised some concerns about this Google project, the construction in the Deerdon Station area potentially jeopardizing, you know, the center's future. I know there was some concern about reducing the number of lanes on streets leading in and out of SAP, some street closures, as well as inadequate parking for some of the tech employees, residents, and the transit riders that go out to the games. How is the city addressing these concerns? Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to this. Um, first of all, the sharks are incredibly important to San Jose. They're much beloved. Um, and in the entitlement itself, which um, the council approved in May of 20 2021, there are um, many, many aspects in the entitlement that speak to these issues. The, the same number of spaces that the sharks have now will be protected. The, the 
access, um, there had been a tremendous amount of consultant work to see how best to function, very much showing with updated metrics that the flow can happen. Let me give you an example. Dynamic streets will be put in place, which will allow lanes to flip when one when, when traffic is coming in and then center lane, for example, as an example, can flip the other way when traffic is going out. We, we very much agree that we want the sharks to continue to enjoy the uh, very, very successful partnership on circulation and access that the city and the sharks currently enjoy. And we also want to see more and more patrons taking transit. On the topic of that, uh, with transit, you know, there's the expansion of rail service at Dirodon, uh, including BART, the high-speed rail, which is probably a long ways off, and Caltrain electrification, which is probably a little bit closer. Um, I know these are expected to bring tens of thousands of transit riders to the station, but I know that there are still a lot of people taking their cars to the station now. How is the city planning for this influx of new riders? And is there any uh, additional parking work that needs to be done at Dirodon? Also a great question. Um, VTA, who is BART's partner, had done the analysis and their model shows that San Jose will not likely be a beginning or end stop, but a through stop for the main. So people will be getting on, um, whether in Santa Clara or getting on from other points, um, and so the the de- demand for parking isn't as great as one would otherwise intuitively think. And there is still conversation about parking resource and how much. So this is not a closed topic. I see. And, you know, just a side note here, too, I would like your perspective on something. Officials often talk about Dirodon and the plans that are happening with downtown West and the Dirodon station area plan about the this train station becoming like the Grand Central Station of the West. What do you think about that? Do you feel like that that's a realistic outlook at how this station will be used or even the amount of riders that would be passing through? Even as you said, it will be kind of a through stop. That is most definitely the hope that... Um, With high-speed rail, and there's been some actions lately that have been a little bit more promising toward the future of high-speed rail, and um, finally the EIR for the project is out and and looking at getting um, approved shortly, um, that the comparison is at its full max build-out, it would carry pretty close to what um, San Francisco airport carries in terms of passengers. And that's pretty massive. So even if you back that off, you, you have a ton of train trips and light rail trips and bus trips that will be going through Deardon. Another way people have spoken about Deardon is the opportunity to have the largest transit hub west of the Mississippi. Um, and uh, I know there are other cities that are hoping that they get a ton of resource too to, to build themselves out, but it's only good for our area. It, 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 in my opinion, it was an unfortunate mistake when the peninsula blocked BART coming down the peninsula. 
um, to, to do the full loop so that Bart would ring the bay. Um, and uh, in the meantime, having this connection um, will be much more important, one, for people's lives, two, for greenhouse gases um, and, and the um, utility of the downtown. And we, we ultimately, not now, we need our parking spaces now, do not get me wrong, but ultimately our downtown is small and we'd like to not spend so much surface area um, or the cost to building the parking and move that to actual development, like housing. Because if you, if you don't have to create so much parking, say, for housing, it becomes more affordable. I see. And it also seems to line up with the city's idea of um, reducing the amount of vehicle miles traveled, as they talk about. Um, Absolutely. We can touch on that in a little bit. I would like to touch on this uh, community benefits fund first. Now, sure. On top of the millions, if not billions of dollars that is going into downtown West, Google is also going to pay out $200 million in these community benefits. Um, the city has already received a few million and has put the money toward education, job training, neighborhood serving programs, uh, as well as uh, helping to minimize displacement of existing low-income residents in the project area. So how are the city and Google working to preserve and uh, provide affordable housing in this area? So on the fund itself, yes, $200 million. They have already provided us roughly $16 million, um, $7 million, uh, part of which, half of which roughly went to anti-displacement activities. And the other half, um, it's really four plus million that has gone into education and scholarships, et cetera, plus land, um, roughly four plus acres of land that um, will support affordable housing. Uh, so, so a tremendous amount has already before this is, this is what's really cool from my point of view. Most of the time, the community benefits don't come till later because the, the, the company or whomever you're working with on whatever project is investing in getting some kind of yield back before they're investing to the community here. That's Google putting dollars up front to us before they get any yield, which is really wonderful. And on that vein, um, the Google, separate and apart from the 16 million I'm talking about, has made at least 34 million additional dollars uh, available to create affordable housing. That's after, you know, the Google set aside roughly $2 billion. And so there's, that's across the country. But San Jose is, is very lucky to be um, um, recipient of, of significant dollars, again, early on in the efforts. So the, the fund itself is a wonderful innovation. We worked with the community. We worked with Google. And I have to com um, compliment Google. They made us better. They made us stretch more um, because when the fund, which will be roughly $155 million, for starters, we're hoping to be super successful with this fund so that we can attract other philanthropy or other tech companies who also find this uh, a way to do good. Um, and we'll get back to the lived experience piece of that in just a second. Um, but the fund, the notion is that council will approve a five-year strategic plan and they'll approve the members. But beyond that, the 13 member committee makes all the funding decisions. 
So the voice is with the community. And because the um, emphasis and really critical issues around displacement, um, homelessness, uh, educational gaps, etc., it is really important to have people who are living the problems that we're seeing have a voice, the reality of what is happening to address the projects and problems. So that is why the committee is made up of people with lived experience and people who are experts in the field who are trying to make a difference. And and just to be clear, we don't have the committee yet. We hope that by the end of this calendar year, we'll have done the work to to bring uh, uh, the recommendation to council and seat the council. And then the committee with a consultant, uh, a fund manager who, who will be selected, who has had experience working with boards, experience with how to best handle and invest dollars, um, will begin their work of developing the first strategic plan. So again, in, in relative time, the, the process moves on. There's not a big gap in time where it's just sitting. We're going to take a short break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Every time you come to Gilroy Gardens, you'll make memories to last a lifetime. So make the most of this precious time when your kids are young and purchase value memberships so the whole family can enjoy unlimited regular season visits through November 20th. If you buy now, everyone pays the kids price of just $55. That's the very best price of the year and it won't last long. Buy now at gilroygardens.org and come play at this magical place where fun grows on trees. Hi, this is Lynn Balistrieri, San Jose Spotlight's Development Director. Like all our coverage, the Podlight is made possible by you, community members who understand the need for an unbiased, independent news source. Your fully tax-deductible gift will go directly to support our nonprofit newsroom. We hope that you will consider making a monthly or annual donation at SanJoseSpotlight.com so that we may continue to bring you the news that matters to you. Thank you. Now, you might have already answered some of this in my next question. How can the city mitigate concerns about gentrification and displacement, um, not just of residents in the downtown core, but also, you know, locally owned businesses, um, as well as address fears about skyrocketing rents due to Google's presence? Is, is that some of the role that you see this advisory committee playing? That, that also is a great question and, a, and an issue that's worldwide, right? That it, certainly in, a, in so many American cities and, and then so many cities overseas. So that's why the atten- attention has been placed uh, and it needs to be a consistent and ongoing consideration has been in recognizing one, there is almost no direct displacement from the Google project because all of the pieces of land, the 80 acres were either parking lots or many were buildings, but that had already been vacant. So there's a limited number, a very limited number, like a handful uh, of uh, buildings that or companies that have had to be uh, uh, relocated. One of them, um, uh, the, the, um, Poorhouse Bistro, where Google had also worked to relocate the building to Little Italy area um, and make sure that the historical asset remains. 
as well as the business remaining. So, so just to reinforce that idea, because of the nature of this site, direct displacement really doesn't exist. The indirect displacement is, is, a, is an issue which first Google is addressing by creating and working with the city and the community to create a project which is welcoming to everybody. So there, Google is not a campus here. It's not a, it's not a walled off only employees environment. And the enrichment from what Google will program certain of the parks and then help us program parks so that those can be enjoyed by everyone is part of making this a place where people will feel very comfortable to hang out in and or as soon as you get off Deer Dunn Station, you can enjoy lunch or dinner or meet folks or whatever is the notion. So design here really matters. And then on top of that, Google deciding to build 4,000 units of housing and 1,000 of those to be affordable is key. 25% affordable housing is an ambitious number, especially in a high-rise format, which you can't get more expensive to build. But it is the right thing to do because density um, is so important to use the land in a conservative way and to get as many amenities and as many units together. And the thousand units is uh, uh, of affordable is provided for by both the land that they provided and then um, the, the units of affordable housing that they are committed to build. And the, 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 you might ask, how are we assured we're going to get the units? Um, the market rate housing at, at this point, pencils. Um, so with w the way we're approaching this in San Jose, so as you get the market rate, you get dollars and support for the affordable. So these aren't two separate things. The way our inclusionary housing ordinance works, which Google isn't exempted from paying anything, they come together. The, the market rate drives the affordable. And Lendlease is the partner, and Lendlease is working assiduously to get the plans done. Oh, thank you for that. And that was actually going to be my next question was how was the city and Google going to be, you know, or how would the city really hold Google accountable to build these affordable units? It sounds like you said that's kind of built in. So I, I also, too, there's there's not an option. I know that for some developments, they can pay a fee, like an in-lieu fee, instead of building some of these affordable units, they would just pay more money. Is, is that an option for this project as well? If um, the development agreement, if for some reason they don't build after certain trigger times, um, they owe us the community benefit dollars regardless of having put in uh, the development or not. But I, I want to be clear that there, there is a quote unquote off ramp. Google could step away. They could sell um, ultimately, um, but that is true with any development. Um, there could be 
other issues with pandemic, et cetera. But given the location immediately adjacent to Deardon and in the downtown, um, we fully anticipate, and Google has clearly indicated is their intent to build, um, but being a public board, they wouldn't just leave it sit. They would sell it with someone else who was intending to build as well. I see. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, now, moving off of the housing and more um, to the office component of downtown West, you know, I, I think we're all familiar that COVID-19 has had all sorts of impacts, um, especially, you know, the re- move to remote work. Some companies have started to bring workers back to the office at least a few days a week. And I, I wish a Google representative was here because I feel like they could probably speak to this more. But do you have any thoughts on what kind of effect this really like this monumental shift to remote work will have on the office component of downtown West. Is there any possibility that that could shrink in number of, uh, of square footage or even just offices in general? You're right. Google would speak best to this. They are already um, back in their workplaces. Um, and yes, there is more flexibility. Uh, and, the, and no one, I don't think anybody in good faith has a crystal ball that is likely to be 100% accurate about what happens. We know that many companies are allocating more square foot per person where where prior to to COVID, the space per employee had, had decreased quite a bit. So what we're seeing in companies' designs more square feet per person and more amenity space. So there may be less people in a building, but the full space of the building gets built. And then it's, you know, you probably have heard the very same that I have, um, a debate between people who say two years from now, um, barring any other considerations, most people will be back to work because of the collaboration and because the people who really miss out here are the younger people because coaching and mentoring over um, Zoom is not the same thing. Um, It's great. We love Zoom. Zoom is downtown. Don't get me wrong. But there is an important aspect to to, um, in-person work. And then there are others who, who think differently that our work is forever changed, but it is not something I, I certainly I couldn't stake a claim to uh, at the moment. Now, just touching on, I know that we talked a little bit about the advisory committee earlier. I just wanted to go back to that for a sec. Um, so this advisory committee, it's part of the agreement for downtown West. Um, they'll oversee, you know, the millions of dollars that Google's going to pay out over the next decade. I think we've talked a little bit about the function of this committee and, you know, it still sounds like it could be at least a year, if not at the end of the year when this could possibly form. I know that's a little up in the air. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit, though, about this lived experience component. So the advisory group, it's 13 members. uh, It's expected to include five members with lived experience of displacement. Why does the city feel it's important to have members with lived experience uh, on this advisory committee? What what kind of um, perspective will they bring that you might not be able to get from every other member? I think that um, several of our committees and commissions are already working in a progressive way with people who are experiencing job loss and being one check away from being on the street with nowhere to go. Um, Then there are other mental health issues. There are um, 
family issues, which may have some level of domestic violence involved. There are many reasons. And housing is such an important part of solving these problems. And Jackie Morales-Ferrand is our housing director and is really quite respected and quite skilled. And Housing First, which is the city's approach, is really important. But it's more than that. And being able to really think through best approaches um, has to be rooted in understanding what are, what are, it's not a hypothetical, it's not a philosophical uh, approach. Uh, it's understanding what people are truly going through. And people with that experience can speak to that in a way that people who have not dealt, who have good intentions, and I'm certainly not denigrating good intentions, but it is yet a different thing. And if we're serious about doing the very best job we can, then it's important that we respect and, and give uh, a lot of room understanding to the people who have that experience. Um, I do have one last question. Um, it's really more about what downtown West I think means for the future of San Jose. And I don't mean specifically about the Diridon area. I, I guess what I'm referring to is more the mixed use development, this relationship between having retail and residential spaces in the same area being, you know, right next to transit. I think you would call that like a transit village or even an urban village. So I, I know that there's other projects that kind of fall under this umbrella. It, it seems like San Jose is moving towards more planning around public transit and these kind of urban villages where space is mixed, where I think a lot of parts of San Jose and even a lot of parts of California, to be honest, are suburban. It's a lot of sprawl. This seems to be the opposite of that. So I think what I'm getting that is, is what does downtown West tell us about the future of development in San Jose? That is so good and something we debate and work with a tremendous amount, as you might imagine, both our community and staff who are engaged in development services. The, the opportunity to bring in resources like transit hinges on density, hinges on people who can pay for their transit. So you, you need to build up the user base. And then in addition to that, having that density brings restaurants, brings more amenities, will bring retail uh, as the, the rooftops, meaning could be condos, could be apartments, but rooftops uh, continue to, to increase. Um, and as you say, a lot of San Jose or a lot of Silicon Valley is suburban. One nice thing about what we're doing is evolving and providing options. There is no heart of Silicon Valley, really. And the notion of having a more dense San Jose, which can function as the heart of Silicon Valley and true, or the capital as we speak it, but the, the central place where everyone loves to go and hang out is important to compete in areas. It's where people want to be. Um, and, and growing those amenities, Google is an important, critical um, asset to, to San Jose. Um, they already, there are people, honestly, who have um, speculated and who will build because Google is here. Um, one, because they know that there'll be the workers in close proximity for residential, anticipating other companies who wanna, will want to be close to Google. Um, so 
that is very, very beneficial. Plus, Google has, in our project, what we have experienced is um, staff's commitment to make their environment and their community better. So they are very much living, walking the talk of, of contributing, making their presence accretive uh, so that um, we grow uh, and deepen uh, in, in the, the amenities and value that San Jose has to offer. I see. Well, thank you so much, Nancy. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you very much. Really appreciate the opportunity. That's it for this episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight, the city's first nonprofit news organization dedicated to independent reporting. I'm editor Nick Preciado. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.